Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning and welcome to our show number 644, originating live from the Galapagos Islands. We're aboard the motor yacht Letty approaching the harbor of San Cristobal Island on a mission with our friends from Sunrise Birding to view the birds. An amazing place, more than a place really better described maybe as a world, a world unlike any other formed of volcanoes, some of them three and a half million years old, some only a few hundred thousand years old, and most home to species of birds that are found nowhere else on the planet. Birds like ones that we've seen here, the Galapagos penguin, the lava gull, the Galapagos hawk, blue-footed, red-footed, and Nazca boobies, and the more than 13 finch species made famous by the work of Charles Darwin, as well as sea lions and fur seals, marine iguanas, and the famous Galapagos giant tortoises. The island since Sunday morning, the 24th of July, with 10 delightful companions from Arizona, Washington State, and Connecticut, and from back home in Massachusetts in the persons of Alan and Marjorie Parker, who are here to share some of their experiences on these marvelous and amazing islands. And by the way, thanks for bearing with us so far on our signal. We know it's probably breaking up a little bit or possibly a lot, but so thanks for, for hanging in there with us. And good morning, Alan and Marjorie. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Alan, you've done a lot of traveling around the world. You and Marjorie informed impressions of many places. Share some of your impressions the Galapagos Islands with us, if you would. The islands here are unique from our standpoint in that we see don't run away from us and we can around and they will almost come to you, which is very different from any other uh, areas that we have traveled and visited. Yeah, really yeah. in terms of coming to you. Yesterday on a beach we had a uh, a, a Galapagos sea lion out uh, in the water, and it actually walked scared and run away. No, and and the bird that came to your feet, and we all said, "What's what's he doing that that is, is bringing the birds to him?" Yes, indeed. I don't know what that says about my feet, but I guess he liked it anyway. That was a yellow warbler. There's a subspecies of yellow warbler here in the Galapagos Islands, which I guess may at some point be designated a separate species, but there are lots of them, and they're so beautiful. And if you tried to look at warblers and photograph warblers and had a tough time, come to the Galapagos Islands because it could not be easier, as Alan described, when they're walking right next to your foot. If you can't get a picture, then you should get rid of your camera. That's what you should do. What, Alan, uh, what if, if anything has really surprised you about the Galapagos Islands? The volcanoes, the um, birds coming, um, and the different animals, and swimming with a shark, a bull shark, the, the other day when we were in the water, it would, came right up almost next to us. Yeah. And our guide, Pepe, is so amazing that uh, we, um, 
we weren't afraid of swimming with these sharks, which you th normally uh, think you, you might see. Um, Marjorie, you, you've uh, compiled a list of favorite birds. A couple of weeks ago, we talked to uh, our friend Nick Lund, who had just come back from Australia. He gave us his five favorite birds from Australia. And our friend David Clapp from Smithsonian Tours had just come back from Tanzania, gave us some of his favorite birds. But you have five favorite birds from the Galapagos, and you've also done a survey among all of us uh, traveling companions here and picked uh, a couple of the favorites and, and one number one bird. What are, what are your five favorites? Well, I, the, my favorite were the, the lava gull was, was really a beautiful, beautiful bird the Galapagos penguin, the blue-footed booby. You see a lot of boobies here, and um, the red, the blue, and, and the Nazca. But the blue-footed booby, the feet are, are just incredibly blue. And then the flightless cormorant, because we were swimming with it, and we could see it dive and, and for food. But I think my number one bird was the red-billed tropic bird, because it's so beautiful and white, and it has that long tail and, and um, distinguishing red bill. Well, we seem to have temporarily lost Ray, so what we're going to do here is we're going to get to the featured feathered friend. Legendary birder and author David Sibley tells the story of how he and a friend were driving along a road somewhere in the American Southwest when they seemed to catch a glimpse of a bright red bird on a telephone wire next to the road. Almost simultaneously, they yelled out the name of the bird and pulled over to the side of the road, then backed up to get a better look. It was only when they'd gotten close enough to make certain of their ID that they realized they'd actually seen a piece of red cloth that had gotten wrapped around the wire. David offers this as clear proof that it's easy to make a mistake when catching a quick glimpse in a flash of color. Oh, the bird they thought they'd seen? Well, it sounds like this. And it flashes an almost all red body with a black eye stripe and dark gray wings and tail. That's the male. The female has almost no red at all, save for a pinkish wash on the lower belly with a streaked white breast and lighter gray wings and tail. The bird is the vermilion flycatcher. Found in the U.S. mostly in the deep southwest and occasionally along the Gulf Coast and in South Florida. Our bird typically feeds by sitting and waiting on an open perch, then flying out to catch its insect prey. As part of its courting ritual, the male vermilion flycatcher often delivers a butterfly or other showy insect to the female and performs a spectacular display, fluttering up to 30 feet above the treetops, singing all the while. It's definitely a bird worth seeing. So next time you're driving along a southerly road and see a red cloth wrapped around a telephone wire, be sure to pull over. It just might be a vermilion flycatcher. Pyrocephalus rubinus. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. 
Well, we seem to run into a couple of technical difficulties here connecting with Ray down in the Galapagos. So what we're going to do is we're going to get to a pre-recorded show of Ray Brown's Talk of Birds. This has previously been aired. Uh, and if we, get a, if we get a hold of Ray, then we'll put him back on the air. So stay tuned. When we talk with geophysicist and researcher Dr. Jonathan Hagstrom. Plus, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment for info about why you may want to offer safflower seed to your backyard birds. And up next, a bird that doesn't feel the need to rush the breeding season is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. And now, a poem with our Miss Fallerope. When you hear a bird say per chickadee, you know it's not a chickadee. When it moves as on a roller coaster through the air, like a teeny bopper at a Marshfield Fair. When you see the black cap in its body of yellow, well, you're certain to recognize this cute little fellow. Yes, indeed, by now the ID should be a cinch. Oh, you've got it, my friends. The American goldfinch. Thank you. Well, thank you, Miss Fallerope. And don't forget the black wings. Even in the wintertime when the male goldfinch's bright yellow plumage has mostly faded away, those black wings with distinctive white wing bars are still pretty easy to spot. On the female, too. By the way, Santa's reindeer may fly like the down of a thistle, but goldfinches actually use the down of a thistle to line their nests as they raise their families late in the season. Like at the end of June or early July, when the offspring of most songbirds are already... Oh, it sounds like we got a hold of Ray. Sorry to interrupt that old, old featured feather friend. Ray, are you out there? I'm here, Jesse. Yeah, I guess I guess you lost us for a little bit there. We did, but we got you back now. <laughs> All right, thanks. Well, again, thanks for, thanks for hanging in there with us with our cutting in and out, our uh, broadcasting live from the Galapagos Islands. And thank you for being with us. It's our show number 600... If we can find our special guest, where is Pepe? We need Pepe to be over here to to uh, join us for our little segment of our show here. Coming to you live, uh, we hope, <laughs> from the Galapagos. Uh, he's been taking us all around the Galapagos Islands, showing us uh, all of the birds and the sea lions and the marine iguanas and so many creatures are endemic to the Galapagos Islands, meaning they are found nowhere else in the world but here in these islands. The marine iguanas, for example. What an incredible thing to see. And we have seen at least hundreds of them, maybe more than that, in our tour of the Galapagos Islands. And the birds that we mentioned uh, uh, at the top of the show from the wave tross to the flightless cormorant which is an amazing thing to see this is a cormorant that we're used to seeing in many parts of the u.s certainly drying its wings and this bird does that too except its wings are so tiny that it literally cannot fly but it can certainly swim pepe has arrived at the table pepe welcome thank you good morning everyone there it's great to have you here pepe pepe is uh, a naturalist guide certified by galapagos National Park. And Pepe, I described the Galapagos as a world rather uh, than a place at the beginning of the show, and it really is unlike anywhere else on Earth, isn't it? Yes, you're right, Ray. This is a magical world for nature lovers. If you want to be in a place, interact with the animals, be in touch, see the process of the evolution, this is the place. We got great animals like finches, magical albatrosses, and uh, you have experiences with swimming with the sharks, with the sea lions, 
all of them. So if you really love nature, this is the right place to come. Galapagos is famous, of course, for the work of Charles Darwin, most famously expressed in his On the Origin of Species, uh, eventually focused on what were then thought to be 13 species of finches. Yeah. I think it's now, uh, according to scientists. Uh, for folks who aren't familiar with the story about the Galapagos finches, tell us a little bit of, about the... The, the best example for the, the studies of evolution and see the process, you know, now we have... 17 species officially and it keeps going on so no other place on planet you can see something like this going on and uh, it's so amazing to see each one with a different uh, big like a tool adapted to the different environments as you did witness woodpeckers you know with a tool that's unique actually you have seen the vegetarian finch just feeding on veggies at the time says so this is the right place to come Troy. Mm -hmm. keep coming back Indeed. Yeah, the woodpecker finch, we just saw that yesterday, thanks to our, our, our friend uh, Jerry and to you, Pepe, in discovering that bird. You mentioned and we think of some corvid species like crows and ravens and such using tools, but finches, I don't know if I've heard of this before. Well, each finch has adapted, you know, cracked different seeds, so it's like a tool, working like a tool. And yes, the woodpecker finch doesn't have a long tongue, but it uses a cactus spine or anything as a tool in order to get their food. So it's the way we express it in order to see the differences. And of course, like I said, this is the place to see these changes in these birds in life. It sounds like you like this place. Well, I really love it. It's not only because it's my job. I grew up in Galapagos. I was born here on the islands. And uh, I think we are the ambassadors of Galapagos. And who else? The local people. And I'm proud to say that conservation is happening due to the fort of the different institutions and of course due to the local people education that's the most important nowadays the galapagos islands have been challenged by the introduction of invasive species plants animals insects um but a lot being done to change that to return to the natural state tell us a little bit about what progress has been made well we have different projects one very common or popular is the eradication of the feral goats but that's not the only uh, problem the National Park and Darwin Station are facing. We have different problems, different projects. We have feral cats, feral, a lot of plants, uh, you name it, so on. So it's very hard. It's not easy just to go out and uh, get rid of them. It takes time. It takes money. It takes projects. It takes people, logistics, and a lot of things. So it's easy to say it, but not easy to make it work. So they are doing their best, but now the best is the education. The future people is the future generations of Galapagos for the future conservation of the islands. So yeah. I'm very proud to say that's what is working. Mm -hmm. Another thing is uh, I'm proud to say I was one of the first people to start a, a re recycling project in Galapagos. So in 1993, and I'm proud to say Galapagos is clean not only thanks to that project, to the controls and uh, all the logistics to make better this place for the, for the generations. That actually is kind of leading into the other question I was going to ask you about the, about uh, recycling and, and trash and litter. Anywhere we go in the world these days, we see plastic bags, we see all kinds of plastic junk and going out into the ocean. This is the cleanest place I've ever seen as far as that goes. See, one of the things, like I was mentioning, it's the, the education with the people. Uh, second thing, the good controls. Galapagos is the second largest marine reserve of the world. So it's protected in every touristic boat, like the one that you plays the role of a patrol boat. Okay, second thing is that uh, with education, you can get the people motivated, you know, encouraged to keep clean the places. Uh, and not only that, we have actually different volunteers coming from different places of the world to knock doors on each house of the people in order to make them understand how to act and live in this place.
Pepe, thank you for bringing the Galapagos to life for us and for all the folks who visit here. Our studio audience, could you give a round of applause to, to uh -huh. our friend Pepe? Thank I thank you, you very much, Ray. Jose Luis Castillo Davila, better known to all as Pepe, naturalist guide through Galapagos National Park. And if you're just tuning in to our show, we are we are still moving, aren't we? We're motoring along uh, the coast. Uh, island of San Cristobal, heading for the harbor, and uh, it's the Galapagos Islands, and we're broadcasting live from there today. And upcoming next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr., and wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution, working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. That's birds.cornell.edu. Uh, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, uh, remember you can hear us live on the planet with an internet connection. Just go to TalkingBirds.com to see how to do it. Let's see if we might possibly be able to hear the sound of our mystery bird. I think I hear it. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized dabbler. Extreme southern part of the U.S., like South Texas and southern Arizona, and there's at least one record of it here in the Galapagos Islands. Uh, its face is gray, its chest and back are rust-colored, its belly is black, its bill is red, and its long legs are the color of double-bubble chewing gum. Is that still around? Uh, pink, anyway. So that's our mystery bird. What do you think it is? We have a beautiful Droll Yankees uh, new generation metal finch sock feeder and a big bag of birds and beans bird-friendly uh, shade-grown coffee. If you can identify our mystery bird or take a guess because if no correct answer is uh, received, a drawing will determine our winner. We're not exactly sure we'll be able to get callers on the air here due to our... Um, logistical challenges here from the Galapagos Islands, but we're going to try and we can certainly will conduct the contest in some form or fashion. Um, if you'll give us a call at 1-837-4900, that's 781-837-4900, and just for good measure, that's 781-837-4900. up in just a moment, we're going to attempt to connect with our man Mike O'Connor from the legendary Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. 
now a word from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Want some tips on backyard birding? Birdwatching Magazine has published a handy booklet that's yours to download for free. The 16-page guide includes practical field-tested answers to your most important questions about the birds in your backyard, from food to birdhouses, from those cute hummingbirds to those troublemaking birds. Go to birdwatchingdaily.com to get your backyard Q&A booklet. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year illegally. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor with a desire to preserve living space for wildlife. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust does just that works with private landowners to protect wildlife to preserve natural habitats. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. And thank you for bearing with us here to maybe to say the least here. So thanks for hanging in there with us here in our live broadcast from the Galapagos Islands. And uh, we also want to thank you for uh, putting up with Mike O'Connor because he's about to join us here, maybe. Uh, we don't have Mike's music to play. We'll refuse to come on, but I think I hear him in the background right now. Are you there, Mike? <laughs> yes, if you put up with me, I'm here. I'm here, Ray. <laughs> you sound loud and clear. I man. hear you Good laughing. God, man. You're and, doing uh, great. L- loud and well, you're very kind, and uh, you're doing great so far, too. I, I haven't heard you say much so far, but I heard you <laughs> laughing, and that's always a good sign. Laughter is a good, is a good thing. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're here on the islands, and uh, I got the message from you, Mike. Here we are looking at uh, Nazca boobies, among other birds, here in the Nazca Islands. But as you said in your message, you don't have to go anywhere to see Nazca boobies because they come to you. And you have one on Cape Cod right That's now. That's right, right, yeah. Um, good old Jose brought one up for us, and it was found on, in Wellfleet. And it was kind of rough-shaped, so it's being treated at the fabulous Wild Care uh, Rehab Facility. And so far, so good. It seems to be... Uh it seems to be hanging on. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you can't afford a trip or, you know, not inclined to make a trip to Galapagos, go to Wellfleet. Second best plan B. <laughs> I think we have you back, Mike. Sure. You know what? I'm, uh, okay. I'm yeah. Carry on. We're we're back. We're back with you here. Finches, so uh, I figured I'd, I'd talk about the the winter finch forecast. Everybody gets excited about this time of year because we lose our hummingbirds and we lose our orioles and even the catbirds are uh, heading out. And so what we're doing is uh, the people who feed backyard birds kind of get lonely, kind of empty nest syndrome for them. So everybody looks forward to the winter finch forecast where sometimes we get northern finches come down from, from Canada. I'm just going to keep talking. I figured maybe the only is this. And um, we're hoping to get some winter finches this year. The evening grosbeaks, the uh, pine siskins, red poles, maybe some crossbills will come down from Canada. And there's a guy um, that, that makes the annual prediction, uh, Ron Pittaway. And uh, he tells us, he goes out and examines the, the, the seeds availability, the cone crops. And he says if they're going to stay in Canada or if they're going to come maybe south to the United States and hit our feeders. Well, the news isn't great this year. It's good for the birds because there's plenty of food up there in Canada. So it doesn't seem like they're going to be coming down, which is not good uh, for, for some backyard feeders. not good for my business either because a few years ago we had so many uh, pine siskins that the, the thistle became a shortage. 
So um, I was hoping for a lot of finches, but eh, it doesn't mm. look like it's going to be that exciting this year. Uh-huh. So you might have to go to the Galapagos yeah. to see some unusual finches. You got a second trip planned for you? <laughs> well, we'll, we're about to do that for sure. Yeah. Well, we've certainly seen lots of lots of finches here, uh, Mike. We, we we don't know how many species they're officially designated. I don't know it was thirteen, but scientists are now saying. Um, they're kind of breaking this down into the we maybe to have as many as 19 uh, different species of of uh, Darwin's finches here in the, maybe in I the, shut in up the Galapagos the Islands. There? You think it would be good business? Open a store on the Galapagos Islands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think, everybody? Should Mike <laughs> open a, a bird watcher's general store in the Galapagos Islands? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll start some. Ten customers. We'll start the groundwork for you while we're down here. We'll try to. <laughs> We'll, we'll try to scope out a good location. You, you to be on San Cristobal Island. It's near the airport, so you'd, the, having the, the the bird seed shipped in would be probably easier yeah. if you're here on San Cristobal. Yeah. Okay. But we'll. Uh, but so finch season probably, but sometimes you can get be surprised by that too. Well, sure, of course, that's what makes bird watching so exciting. As you mean, know, what, what you least expect. I mean, if everybody says all the birds are going to be here, then we might be disappointed. But if we get a few some surprises by evening, roast beaks or a, a flock of red poles or pine siskins, that would be kind of mm-hmm. awesome. So mm-hmm. I always tell people when you put out a feeder, have it where you can see it because you don't want to miss something exciting if it does happen. And if you get a Galapagos finch, that's even better. <laughs> Does he is he uh, opining at all about uh, snowy owls uh, this I winter little, coming down into the lower forty-eight? I didn't get any kind of sense that there's any predictions about that. I did kind of look around for that, and I haven't heard anything at this point. So that that'll be another bonus that we might get. Ray, is there any chance you could bring me mm-hmm. back one of those giant tortoises? Because I could, you know, I could use a mascot at the store. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if the suitcase will accommodate that. We might be able to get a juvenile for you. <laughs> just tell everybody it's your service turtle. A juvenile and tortoise, right that plane. is. All right, Mike, thank you so much, and uh, we will talk to you uh, from the studio next week. Keep having fun, Ray. You guys have a great time, and, yeah, we'll see you next week. Have a safe travel. Thank you, Mike. Mike O'Connor from the legendary Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. There's a crisis facing us today that reaches far beyond borders or boundaries. It's our planet, and it's in trouble. Scientists estimate that climate change will increasingly alter our planet, and many of our land and water resources will be at risk. Without them, we could lose many of the natural habitats that support life on Earth. Not only will numerous plant and animal species disappear, but the quality of life for all of us, will never be the same. What scientists haven't calculated is the power of the human will to work together to save the future of our natural world and all of its inhabitants. If you're ready to make a difference at last, to help protect nature and preserve life, visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org today. That's nature.org today. We're trying to make this mystery bird contest work here, and I think we're about to do something in a, in a what should we say, a modified fashion for our mystery bird contest. I'm not sure we'll be able to get our callers on the air, but uh, Alan Parker is doing yeoman work assisting Parker this morning, and uh, 
seeing if we can get a, a caller through and award these uh, beautiful prizes from Droll Yankees and Birds and Beans. And just in the meantime, while I have a second here, um, we want to say thank you to our newest Talking Birds ambassador. It's Kevin Lambert from Charles or Lake Charles, Louisiana. Thank you so much, Kevin, for becoming an ambassador and uh, for your kind comments about the show. And Talking Birds listeners, kindly consider Talking Birds Ambassadors program. Uh, you can do it very easily through the contact uh, at TalkingBirds.com and just choose the Become an Ambassador option. I'm not sure we're going to be able to talk to this caller that we have, but we have Daniel calling from somewhere in Alberta, Canada. By any no, I didn't think so. Okay. Hello? Well, Ray? guess what? Uh, we are running out of time. Oh, you are there. Daniel. Yes, Ray. I'm here. Is that you? Yes. Well, welcome to the show. Thank <laughs> you for calling in for and for bearing with all this. Oh, no what's worries. our mystery bird, Daniel? Is it a black-bellied whistling duck? Did you say black-bellied whistling duck? I hear I applause from the studio and from here. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely right. Daniel, thank you so much. Stay on the line, and we'll get uh, your details and send you those prizes. Thank you, Daniel. Guess what? We're out of time. From the Galapagos Islands, everybody, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.